0: This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to continue with uh, trusting God this morning when it doesn't seem to make sense. And I like um, the worship this morning, really just trusting God despite. I'm going to let his joy, his peace be inside of me. And and we're going to look and uh, discover that that has a lot to do with us, what we do. But trusting God when maybe you have premature death, someone died in your family you were believing for, standing for healing, maybe you were uh, disappointed because uh, your dream job, you didn't get it, you were believing for it, when they're... Maybe there's been pressure against you, and things haven't gone the way you expected them to go, and it causes us to back up many times, but the Lord addresses this what we're supposed to do. And uh, if you haven't been here and heard this series, go back and go online uh, to our website. you can listen to to the whole series. But we we at times have been overwhelmed. faith? I like to say you lost your breath faith-wise, spiritually. Have you experienced that, where you lost your breath? Something happened, and it just shook you. But the Bible says, do not let your heart be troubled. You trust in God. So we have to make a decision, and Jesus told his disciples that, we saw at the time of their greatest conflict, Uh, It was when, in between the crucifixion and the resurrection, and so the disciples were greatly grieved. They thought Jesus, the Messiah, had failed somehow. He didn't understand uh, the prophecies about the suffering servant. They didn't understand. In fact, many of them thought the kingdom was going to be set up while the Messiah was here, when Jesus came the first time. So there was a lack of understanding, and Jesus said... Look, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. But were not so, I wouldn't tell you. He said, my father's house are many mansions. So he gets them to look to the future. And sometimes you got to go back to what you know. Go back to your foundation. Go back to your salvation. Go back to the, the joy of thanking God that He saved you. Jesus did this. He's an example of this. He looked to the promise. He looked to the future in His greatest conflict, His place of greatest trial, greatest pressure, and that was the cross. It said He went to the cross for the joy that was set before Him. What was that joy? To inherit a family. That where were the joy that pushed him through the cross. And sometimes you got to say, I know heaven is my home. It may look tough right now. I'm going through some things. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. And besides backing up and hiding your light under a bushel, hiding your, your witness, press through and say, I'm going to praise God anyway. I don't understand it all, but I know he understands. I know he's for me and not against me. I know he's a good, good father. I know He's always righteous and just and true. I know that He's always for me and not against me. I know that He went to the cross. It is a finished work. It's a done deal. And heaven is my future. And your future looks great. Your future looks better than we can even think. Your future looks better than the deepest recesses of your heart can imagine. Even the deepest desires of your heart that you have. You can't express them or even know them, but God knows them, and they're going to be fulfilled in heaven. Aren't you glad there's something to look forward to? And there's times we have to take hold of that, and when your loved one died in the Lord, they've gone to heaven. It's not a loss, it's a win. Say a win. You're on the winning side. You're in the winning family. So we've got to learn how In these situations, what we're to do? And in Psalms 145, can be a a verse we've used every throughout the series. But verse 12: Your kingdom is everlasting kingdom; your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. He's worthy of our trust. He is worthy of our trust because he's never lied and never will. He's always faithful to his promises. If a promise isn't received, it's not because of God. It's on our end. And there's things we don't know. We're praying for someone we don't know their heart. Sometimes people get tired and said, I'm ready to go home, Lord. Sometimes people, what's in their heart is not being expressed. They might be saying different things to you than what's in their heart. And if they want to go home, God will not come against their will just because a few of us are believing for them to stay. Amen? Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) In James 1.17, it says, Every good and perfect gift cometh from above and comes down from the Father of lights, and there is neither, uh, no variation or shadow of turning. God is brings good and perfect gifts. So one thing you can discern, if it's evil, it's the devil. If it's good, it's from God. And it says, every good and perfect gift cometh down from him. So that, that tells us that these uh, hurricanes and things, they're not good, and they're not from God. Because God took the, the wrath In judgment for sin he put upon the Lord Jesus Christ, where a dispensation of grace or the grace of God is released in the earth. And I had some great news from our our friend Lucelli that uh, their son lives in Key West, that he was right on the ocean. The brunt of this hurricane was to hit his home. And he told him, he said, Son, why don't you leave? Key West. He said, oh, Dave, we're fine. We're on the third floor uh, of his his condo. Everybody on the first, second floor, come up third floor. We got a lot of food. We got a lot of water. Uh, He says as long as the weight didn't go over 15 feet, we're okay. And they were saying that it possibly would go over 15 feet. And anyway, Lou and him prayed, and he got the report back. And he said that his son said, he hit, here's the ocean, and there's a, a wall, it's five feet. And then back on the other side is his, his house. And he said, Dad, the hurricane, the wake, never went over the little wall five feet. Damage all over the place beside him and everywhere, but he was protected in his place. You can shout if you want to. You don't have to. But our God will protect. What happened if a Christian died in it? They've gone to heaven. Hallelujah. There's no condemnation. We don't know what happened. We don't know. But we're not going to get stuck in our Christian walk in life because we had disappointment or something looked like it was contrary to the word of God or the promise of God. We're going to press on and move on. Another friend, Scott Lika. This one was fascinating. But the hurricane came. And there was no damage. I think there was a little bit uh, of a tree limb or, or something. Uh, on their property. They were also close you know, to the ocean in Florida. I think they're 120 miles south of, of Lou. But they're... They're pretty close to the ocean. And his daughter had put a a cup where their swimming pool is, had laid her cup there. It was still there after the hurricane. The cup. Lou got excited, telling me, he goes, my son, it was just a miracle of God. And said that cup was just the icing on the cake. God still protects. Psalms 91. Oh pastor I don't believe that. You don't have to. You can go swimming when the storm comes. <laughs> but I believe. Amen. Our God's a good God. But we looked at some examples in the, in the Bible. We looked at Peter and James and several where they got different results. And we, we started talking about uh, Stephen and how Stephen preached the gospel. And he said, I see Jesus standing up at the right hand of God. It's interesting that Jesus was standing up. And what happened then was all the listeners started covering their ears. <laughs> and they picked up rocks, the stone... Stephen, was, do I believe Stephen was in, in the will of God? Yes. Do I believe he was in sin? No. Well, was he in unforgiveness? I don't believe so because he said, God don't charge his sin to their account. He forgave them while he's being stoned. I do think it's interesting that there was a young man there named Saul who was overseeing this. And I believe the mantle that was on Stephen was transferred to Saul, who became Paul. And the work continued. But I don't know, maybe Stephen said, hey, take me home. But I can just see the folks of Stephen. Well, Stephen was such a good, good young man. Why did this happen to Stephen? I was believing his protection. I knew his sermons were getting out there a little bit. People didn't like them. Why did this happen to Stephen? Well, you know, Stephen led me to the Lord, but I just wonder now about God's protection, these promises. See how things can slip in easily? Don't let what you don't understand Inhibit or stop you from walking in what you do understand. And what you do understand is Jesus is Lord. He saved you, He redeemed you, He went to the cross, He paid the price for you to have heaven be adopted into the family and rejoice in that you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, we're looking at, at Paul in Acts chapter 14. It says, then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there. Having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. I believe that, that he did die. I believe that they raised him from the dead. But here it is Paul lives, Stephen dies. What we do, we give it to God. We give it to Him. Now, I can just imagine the people had said, Paul goes back into the city. Hey, hey, Jim, isn't that, isn't that Paul, the guy we just stoned to death? <laughs> I believe some more believers came forth out of there. <laughs> or they thought they were going crazy. In Hebrews chapter 15, Peter is is warning believers or 10 believers you need to get back on track. And when you read this in context, when you go back a few verses, we're going to look at Hebrews 10, verse 35 and 36. Well, let me read it to you. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward you have need of endurance or patience so that after you've done the will of God you may receive the promise and you read before this come on down there. when you read before this it says they had suffered greatly there was persecution they were mocked they had gone through great pressure great trial great stress and it's interesting when you read it. It says, but you knew you had heaven before you. They were doing exactly what Jesus had taught. They were looking. They knew they had great reward in heaven. But it says, cast away your confidence. Now it says, do not cast it away. Let me tell you. You will be tempted... To cast away your confidence in God. Has anybody in here ever been tempted to cast away your confidence in God? We all have. We've all had times. You caught something there, Dan. Now, Dan is my master (laughs) fishing guide. He took uh, Lauren and uh, Aaron and I fishing, and we caught some Big catfish, thanks to the Hamptons and uh, for their pond. But I asked him to come because I want you to get this picture um, casting away. We will be tempted to cast away our confidence in God. Don't think it's weird that things come against you trying to speak that the Word of God's not true, trying to say the promise is for somebody else but not you. Or you're not good enough. All these things are coming against you. Trying to get you to cast away your confidence in God. It says, you remember that verse? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I I wish it just said just a very few in life. But it says many, many times. Why? We're in a world that's contrary to our belief system. They serve a different Lord than we serve. So you're going to hear many things, many uh, things that will be voices against what we believe in the Word of God. Confidence means boldness, being frank, outspoken, fearless declarations. It means being brave. Keeping your bravery in God. Keeping your confidence in God. Being uh, outspoken, you speak to yourself. What the Word says. Being bold about it. I am not going to cast away my confidence. Casting means to throw, to discard, get rid of, no longer desire or need. And we all have this. You know when you stop believing, you quit on your faith. So I want you to cast, not hit anyone, Dan. And. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, He's got it. Cast away. Discard your confidence in God. But I want you to know this morning, you can reel it back in. You can get your confidence back in God. It's not something that it's impossible to get back. You just have to make a decision. I'm not going to base my life any longer on disappointments, on the past on what has happened, what I thought should have happened. I'm not going to base my life any longer on that. I'm going to put my confidence in God. And when you do that, you know what happens? Patience kicks in. Why do you need patience? Because the Word of God's like a seed. You plant it and harvest comes later. And that time in between, you need some patience. You need some endurance. If you don't, you're not going to reap the harvest. You've got to have faith when you plant the seed. You've got to have faith when you receive the harvest. Look at the natural. A farmer goes out and he plants a seed. He didn't just use his activity then, believing that this is going to produce. He plants that seed and then says, well, the harvest takes care of itself. Now you have to exercise. In fact, the farmer might work harder during harvest time. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. But I know there's some activity there. There's some work there. So we have to keep our faith engaged to receive the harvest. And that's what the enemy does. He wants to wear you out, he wants to get you tired, frustrated, disappointed, overwhelmed, to where you just cast away your confidence in God. But he said, don't do it. Don't cast away your confidence. In God. Let's give Dan a hand. Thank you, Dan. But get this it's your choice not to cast your confidence. It's your choice. He said, You don't do it, you don't cast away your confidence. The good news is we can get it right back. Now, it takes effort not to cast your confidence. You're going to have to get it, be getting some input to keep your confidence in God. Rick Renner, I like this, is from Sparkling Gems. He talks about the great reward. He said, don't cast away your confidence because there's great reward. He didn't just say reward, he said great reward. But he said, God never overlooks or fails to remember what you've done for him. If you work long hours on his behalf, if you've invested your personal energies into the work of his kingdom, if you've given 100% of your heart and soul to your assigned task, if you've given sacrificially of your finances, God has never forgotten any of these things. And there's great reward for it. Now, if you're not... Familiar with uh, Rick Renner, he is a Greek scholar. And he said, that's what this actually means. God never, a person may not see what you do for the Lord. Your neighbors may not see. Maybe even your own family. But God sees everything, every prayer, every reaching out to that person. He sees it all. And he said, there's great reward in it. So don't cast away your confidence in God. When in a pressure situation, you're tempted to doubt, fear is trying to engulf you, you can't catch your spiritual breath, you've got to take time to invest in God's Word. You've got to take the time to get away with Him and get in the Word of God. In Romans 8, 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many like life and peace? You're discouraged? You need to go on purpose and get some life and peace. You experience it many times at church. You come in stressed and and troubled, But you get in the presence of God and peace comes. So you're you're stressed. Things are coming against you. Take a time out. I'm getting with God and get some life and get some peace. You're frustrated. You need some life and peace. You're depressed. Well, you need some life and peace. You need to get with God You need to shut everything down and get with Him and get in the Word. You've got to make time for it because it's not a piece of this world that you get. You get His peace. Jesus said, My peace I give unto you. Let me tell you, God is not worried. God's never been worried, and God's not stressed. You get to tap into His peace. People will start saying, you're in denial. People will start saying, how can you have this much peace when this just happened to you? And you get to share. You get to tell that you have the Prince of Peace on the inside of you. John 6, 63, the words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are light. Isaiah 32, 6, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. You know what patience does? brings stability. I'm not moved by what I see, feel, taste, touch. I'm moved by the Word of God. Therefore, I'm patient. I know God is working on my behalf. So I walk with Him. I have stability. I have strength. Interesting. I got to thank him back. We talked about John the Baptist, but I got to thank him back at him, thinking about the Word of God. Because you know, John the Baptist was—he was having a serious problem. Here's the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah in the earth. Here's the guy who was called to prepare the way for Jesus, and he's having serious doubts. And it's not just little doubts. He is doubting if Jesus is the Messiah. I mean, no, that's a serious doubt there. I mean, we got a serious problem. There's a serious issue here. And he sends his disciples to Jesus, said, ask Jesus if he's the one or we should wait for another. Man, John's, the Baptist, his defense, he prepared for ministry for 30 years. His ministry was six months long. Six months. And then he's in prison. At this time he'd been in prison for two years. And I can imagine someone with the passion that he had. And it was probably tough on him. And he's thinking, Jesus never came to visit me in prison. He hasn't come to the jail yet. And he's my cousin. Maybe he's not the Messiah. All these things, all this is coming against his his mind. So he says, look, I've got to know the answer. So he sends his disciples to Jesus. I need some answers. And Jesus, in Luke 7 verse 21, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you've seen, heard, and that the blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. When the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that's least in the kingdom of God is greater. It's talking about us. But here's the greatest prophet that's ever lived who was called in a sign to bring Jesus into the earth to prepare the way for him, and he's doubting. And I used to think, wouldn't it have been nice if Jesus had added that last part before the disciples left? Wouldn't that have been comforting? He's in prison. You know, he's he's in jail. Wouldn't that have been the comfort to John said, Among women there's no greater one than John the Baptist? But Jesus didn't do that. He didn't say that until the disciples were gone. All he did was tell John what's taking place. Why did Jesus do that? Why did he just, why didn't he compliment him and Build him up a little bit here, Jesus, you know. Give him a spiritual hug here. (laughs) No, he didn't do it. Why didn't Jesus do that? Well, let me give you an answer to that. Jesus gave him Isaiah 35. He gave him the Word of God. And it was displayed. Isaiah 35 is a prophecy about the Messiah and the things that Jesus did were spoken of in Isaiah 35. Why did he put him back to the Word? Because John the Baptist knew Isaiah. Isaiah 40 speaks of the one who would be crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Isaiah 40 is the scriptures that God used to call John the Baptist into the ministry and give him his assignment. He knew these verses. Jesus and John the Baptist's greatest time of need sending back to the Word of God. Because let me tell you, a pat on the back is great, we all need it. But I'm telling you something much, much greater It's the Word of God. The Word of God is eternal. When the pat on the back, the emotional thing that you get from that, when it's gone, way gone, the Word of God still speaks, it's still alive, and it will vibrate on the inside of your soul and give you peace and give you life. That's the reason he said, He gave him what he needed. The thing that was most needful was the Word of God, and that's what Jesus gave John the Baptist. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3, and let me tell you what I believe happened to John. I believe he heard the Word of God, he knew that Word, it pierced his heart. I believe he repented, and he went out for shout. He went home happy. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons for our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive... Into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And the Amplified says, refute arguments, theories, reasonings, which means imaginations, and every proud and lofty thing that lifts itself against the Word of God. So here, we're casting out. We're casting out some things. What does that that mean? It means I'm throwing out those thoughts... They're contrary to the Word of God. That thing, a, a premature death of someone. I look in the Word and I see a difference. With a long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So what do I do? I give it to God. I give this, this, this thought to God. To the obedience of Christ. I believe the word of God. Even though the facts look this way. I know the word of God is the truth. And the truth that never changes. It always stands. So I believe the word of God despite it. I believe it gives the devil a fit. When we praise God. And we shout and give God glory. Even when it looks like things failed. Even when it looks like everything went south. Even when it looks like the vision dream didn't come to pass. I believe That when we give God praise, that we're giving God glory and some of the highest praise. Because even despite what we see in the natural, we believe in the unseen, supernatural power of God and His deliverance. Even if it's someone checking into heaven prematurely, we believe that God reigns. And He reigns in our life. And we're going to keep on pressing forward towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. That's the way we have to be. I'm not saying there's not grieving there is, but I'm saying there's people that have been grieving for years and they've been stagnant, they've been stuck. And God wants you to press out of that and cast down those thoughts, cast down those imaginations. You can get all kinds of things. I like what Pastor Rob was saying. Turn off the news. Sometimes you can get overloaded. I'm one of those that has to watch it. I can get overloaded. I've stood there at the TV watching news. I was just going to watch for a minute. Just this little segment. And then I'm stuck. Listening. <laughs> and it's the same thing over and over and over. God, I'll give you five minutes here. Give me your peace. Ten hours TV. (laughs) Uh, I just, I feel like a little fear is coming on me, Lord. Uh, Let me give you another five minutes. Ten more hours of TV. (laughs) Well, Lord, I didn't sleep well last night. You, You promised to give your beloved sleep, and I didn't sleep that well. Let me give you a little tip on sleep. The last thing you put in you before you go to sleep, let be God's Word. Let be God's Word. Sleep will be much sweeter. (laughs) Hallelujah. In 1 Peter 5, verse 6, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that you may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Cast your anxiety, cast your fears, cast your doubt. Cast cast this long-term thing you've been dealing with. Cast it upon the Lord. Because the enemy even used that. Well, you've had this a long time. You're not going to receive. You've done something wrong. Why me, Lord? What did I ever do? (laughs) I mean, all these things flooding you. Just cast it upon the Lord. What you don't understand? Cast it upon the Lord. Cast the cares upon Him. Give it to Him. The good news is He'll take it. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I keep taking it back. We'll keep giving it back after you take it back until one day days, you won't have to. You won't receive it back. Amen. Praise Him. Giving praise and glory. Victorious living life decisions, number one, I choose to stay confident in the Lord. It's our choice. Number two, I choose to bring peace into my life through investing time in the word, prayer, and worship. Is there another way? No. I choose to be spiritually minded. I choose to cast down thoughts contrary to the word of God. I choose to humble myself. He said, humble yourself by casting your cares upon the Lord. When you take the cares, and it was mentioned this morning, when you take the cares, when you get anxious about these things, you're saying, I can handle it. You're not humbling yourself. It says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So he said, therefore, humble yourself under God's mighty hand by casting all the care upon him. That's being humble. When you don't cast it upon him, you're being prideful because you're saying, I can handle it. And God resists the proud. We don't want God resisting us. Amen. (laughs) Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much today for your word. We thank you that your word is alive and you are the one we turn to, even in place of stress even when there's been abuse, disappointment whatever the situation, long-term sickness, whatever it is, Lord. We we give it to you. We cast all our cares upon you because you do care for us. And Lord, there's things that we can't handle, but we know you said give it to you. So we give it to you. We cast all our cares We cast down those thoughts of disagreement with the Spirit of God. We we cast down those, those places of reasoning and imaginations that are contrary to the Word of God because they're prideful thoughts, they're lofty thoughts against the Word of God. We thank You that You always love us. You're always gracious. You're always good. You're a good, good Father. And today, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, i give you an opportunity to receive Him as Lord and Savior. That means you're declaring Him to be the boss. That He's number one. He's the final authority in your life. Surrender to Him. The greatest decision that you can make in this life is surrendering to Jesus Christ and making Him Lord. It pays dividends that last for all eternity. Knowing Him is worth it. Knowing Him is worth it. That's you today. You'd like to receive Jesus, Lord. I embarrass you. I just want you to lift your hand. Maybe you prayed this before. And you know you're not right with God. You need to get right with Him. And you're ready to come home. You're ready to come back and get plugged back in for either one of these. No one looking around, lift your hand high and say, that's me. We're all going to pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's, Let's pray together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for Jesus dying for me. Thank you for the cross. He took my sins. He took my shame and guilt where I could be a son or daughter of God. I received Jesus as the Lord of my life. I believe He was raised from the dead for me. And now I live for You, Lord. Holy Spirit of God, direct me, lead me in the following my Savior. Empower me, Lord. Lord, Fill me with your spirit to live this life. I give you all the glory and all the praise. And everyone said, amen. Let's stand up. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at six six two eight nine zero one five seven three, or toll free at eight six six three eight three eight two seven seven.